Welcome to this week's Moonlight of Emuna, Rosh Hashanah, Parsh Zazinu. So a few thoughts on Rosh Hashanah. Uh, we'll try to tie them a little bit together, but they might be a bit random this week. Mostly drawn from Rev. Uh, Meilach Biederman. Um, so we say on, on Rosh Hashanah, we say, Hayom Haras Olam, the world is created today. We don't say, Hayom Hoya Haras Olam. We don't say today the world was created. Today was the world's birthday. Rather, we say that the world's birthday is now, meaning it's created today. We also say that this day is the beginning of creation. We don't say that this is the day that many years ago you created, you, you started creation. So Rabbi Yonis and Ibshitz used to explain that this is because, and we talked about this before with other Yom Tovim, that when it comes to Yom Tovim, Jewish holidays, we're not celebrating uh, past events. Sometimes there is an element of commemorating past events, but that's not why we celebrate a, a, a Yontif. We celebrate a Yontif because what it does to us today, what it may be something that was influenced by a past event that creates a certain power in the day going forward. But Sir Yonis and Ibshik explains that in Rosh Hashanah, it's not a commemoration of, of creation, it's a new creation. Every year on Rosh Hashanah, the world is created brand new. Uh, and therefore, whatever happened until now has nothing to do with what will happen from now on, which is something that we talk about all the time, that a person can be going through difficult times. Every moment can be a, can be a new beginning, and that's never more true than on Rosh Hashanah. On Rosh Hashanah, we have the ability to have a completely brand new world. The Avnei Nezer used to say that this is one of the reasons why we eat honey on, on Rosh Hashanah. Right? The standard reason we, get, we eat honey on Rosh Hashanah is because it's sweet and we want to have a sweet new year. But he said that honey is the product of bees. Bees are pesky. They annoy us. They hurt us if they bite us. They, they're, they're uncomfortable. They, they represent sorrows. Bees represent suffering and pain and discomfort. And from them comes honey, the sweetest thing. So that's what we want, to, we want to indicate on Rosh Hashanah, that from the hardships of the past year, everything can become sweet. To draw from the light of Emunah from, uh, from Rav Azulai this week, there's a Pasuk in Yirmiyahu that says, It's a time of distress for Yaakov, through which he, will, he shall be saved. The, the explanation of this Pasuk is that from the distress itself, it's a time of distress for Yaakov, through which he shall be saved. The distress itself is where we'll be saved. That it's not, it's not that the distress of the bad things in the past, the hardships of the past, are just bad things that we had to go through. They are themselves the source of the good. So what we do on Rosh Hashanah is we try to take the bees, the hardships that represent the pain and the discomfort and the hardships of the past, and we tell Hashem, please turn them into honey. They themselves should be turned into honey. And the Shem Shmuel says that the halacha is that if you have par- certain parts of the bee, of uh, normally you're not allowed to eat an insect, but if certain parts of the bee falls into the honey, it becomes mutter. You're allowed to eat it then as part of the honey. And he says the reason is because that's that everything dissolves and b- turns into honey. It's not that just that you have a piece of the bee in the honey, but that the bee itself turns into honey. That's the idea here, that the bees themselves turn into honey. The, the, the pain of the past will be turned around and become a sweet future. The bees will them, they themselves become, become the honey. Chazal also tell us that Yosef HaTzadik, when he was in prison, the day that Para pulled him out of prison was Rosh Hashanah. So, uh, the uh, the tzaddikim taught that it's a day. You see that it was a day that that Yosef. The very fact that he was in prison, 
is what turned into him becoming the viceroy because that's where he met Paro's servants and that's what ended up turning into the story. It developed into the story of him becoming the viceroy. It was, it was the prison itself that led to that. So we too, everything that we've gone through in the past, all of the pr- imprisonments that we've gone through can, can turn into our freedom and into our success through Rosh Hashanah. We need to daven for that, but that's, that's the goal of Rosh Hashanah. How do we do that? So the tzaddikim have taught us that there are two main weapons that we have on Rosh Hashanah, and that's a broken heart, shvuris halev. That doesn't mean depression and sadness, as we spoke about for those who were in the shir this summer. There's a very big difference between sadness and depression and brokenheartedness, but that's not for now. For anybody who was not there and wants a little bit of an explanation, feel free to call me. But shvuris halev, brokenheartedness, and tears. Tears and brokenheartedness are the way to to bring us to this to this change to turn the the hardships that we've suffered into good things and for Hashem to give us a good year. There's a story told of Rav Wolf Kitsis who would blow the shoifer for the Baal Shem Tov every year. And he went one year to the Baal Shem Tov and he wanted to know all of the Kabbalistic and Hasidish ideas and, and, and kavanas that a person should have when he blows the, the shoifer. And Revolf wrote them down on a piece of paper so that he could remember them, he could study them. Uh, right before he was going to blow the shoifer, he lost the piece, uh, the piece of paper. And so he felt very bad about himself. And because of that, he was very brokenhearted and he, and he was crying while he, broke, while, he, while he blew the shoifer. Afterwards, he told the Baal Shem Tov, he felt very bad. He said, I didn't have any of those kavanas that you taught me, and maybe my tekiyas, maybe my blowing of the shayfar didn't do what they were supposed to do. So the Baal Shem Tov told him that he says, you should know, it's partially my fault because I daven that you should lose that piece of paper. Because more than all of the kavanas and all of more, all, more than all of the other things that I taught you, the most important thing to help those tekiyas go up and, and pierce through Shemayim are a broken heart and tears. And when you lost that piece of paper, that gave you the best, the best brokenheartedness and tears. The Baal Shem Tov said that all the kavanas, they're keys that open the locks of Shemayim. Um, but a broken heart is like an axe that just breaks down the doors and breaks down the, the locks. The kavanas, each one opens a different lock, but you, the tekiyas, with your broken heart and with your tears, they went straight up to Shemayim and they accomplished more than you could have ever accomplished with the kavanas. The Gemara in Rosh Hashanah, Davchavav, tells us a machlekes about the shoifer, but it says that according to Rabbi Yehuda, that the, that the shoifer is supposed to be bent, like all the shoifer we use, that there are curves in the shoifer, and it's not from an animal that has a straight horn. Rabbi Yehuda says, the Gemara says over there, B'Rosh Hashanah, one of the reasons why we need a bent shoifer is, the more that a person bends his mind, bends his heart to Hashem, the more it helps. So therefore we use a bent Schaefer to to represent this brokenheartedness, this idea of 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 feeling feeling a connection to Hashem. Rev Levi Yitzchak of Bedichever, the Halo of Bedichever, the Kedushas Levi used to call out before before Schaefer. Some tell the story that he called out specifically to the to the Ezra's Nashim that he would say. Uh, that the, the shoifer needs to be rinsed by our tears. We have to clean the shoifer, just like you clean everything for Yantif. You clean your, your, your suit, you take your suit to the cleaners, you use a clean tablecloth. The shoifer needs to be cleaned by our tears. And Chazal say that we blow a, one of the reasons we blow a hundred koilas on Rosh Hashanah, we blow the shoifer a hundred sounds, is because that when Sisra's mother was waiting for her son to come back from war, which he never came back from, she shed a hundred tears. 
that's a whole topic in itself. But one one point just to 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 uh, point out is how do we know how many tears she shed? When a person cries, we don't nobody counts the tears. The answer is that we do count the tears. The malachim count the tears. A person's tears are counted. Every single tear has an impact in Shemayim. Now Malachim counted that she, that she shed a hundred tears. So if, if they did that for Sisra's mother, imagine how much more that's done for Jewish people who cry from, both from joy and from sadness, and, and not sadness, chas v'shalom sadness, I'm sorry I misspoke, and from brokenheartedness on Rosh Hashanah, meaning we have the two, the two things that we're, con- we're concentrating on Rosh Hashanah, which is to coronate Hashem over us, which brings a lot of simcha, a lot of joy, and yet also we, we cry because of, of, we feel bad of how we've disappointed Hashem in the past year, and how we want to turn that around. So those tears, each one of those will be counted by the Malachim, even more so than they counted the, mal- the, the tears of Sisra's mother. The Gemara in Bab Metziah tells us that even though the gates of Shemayim Shari Shemayim are, are locked, that the Shari Dima, the gates of tears, are always opened. That you can always, even if, if for whatever reason the gates of, of, of prayer are closed, but tears can always break, break through. Rabbi Elio Dessler explained, he said in this Gemara, he says, what does that mean? He says, Hashem never, of course Hashem never locks the Shari Shemayim. The gates of heaven are always open to somebody who wants to dive in, in earnest. So, so what, what does it mean when the Gemara says that the gates of Shemayim are, are locked? It means that a person's heart gets sealed off. That we, uh, we lock our hearts. We, we, we close off our hearts. We, we prevent ourselves from pouring our hearts out to, Shema, to Hashem. But with tears, we can always open them back up. That a person may have difficulty starting a tefillah, right? So many things in his life have locked up his heart. But the minute we shed a tear, all of that opens up and all of that goes away. There are a lot of schools brought down by tzaddikim. Shoifer is a school of a parnasa for wealth. It's a parnasa for arichas yamim for a long life. It's a school for for women who can't have children. Uh, there's many schools that are brought down. There's a medrash that says that when when we blow the shoifer, so Hakadosh Baruch Hu gets up from his throne of judgment, from the from the kise the, the, of din, and he sits on the on on the kise rachamim. Hashem, when we blow the shofar, Hashem gets off the kisei din and goes to the kisei rachman, goes from judgment to compassion, to mercy. So there are two nice thoughts about this. One is from the Ava Shalom. He says, why would Hashem ever be sitting on the kisei din if he has a kisei rachman? Why would he Why would he do that? So why does he do that? Because the satan makes a convincing case. He's a strong prosecutor. So Hashem sits on the kisei, on the kisei din. But then Hashem realizes when we blow the shoifer and we dive into Hashem, so Hashem realizes how much He loves us, and He says, what am I doing on this, on this seat, on this, on this chair of judgment? So He says, ah, why? Because the Satan convinced me. So if the Satan is able to convince me to sit in judgment on the nation that I love so much, it shows how, how talented and how persuasive the Satan is. So then the Jewish people aren't held responsible, because if He can convince me, the Satan, He certainly can convince the Jewish people, and therefore Hashem moves over to the Kisei Rachamim. In connection with this measure, you know, we always say, that just as Avram Avinu overcame his compassion for his son, right? He had he loved Yitzchak. He wanted yet only good things for Yitzchak, and yet he overcame his compassion for his son to do Hashem's will. So too Hashem should overcome his anger with kindness. The problem with this is that what Avram did is exactly the opposite of what we want Hashem to do. Avram left compassion and act in what seemed to be a cruel manner. We want Hashem to do the opposite. So the Belzer Rebbe explained that, no, the point we're making is, Avram didn't listen to the Satan. 
So Hashem shouldn't listen to the Satan either, right? That uh, this, uh, the Medrash tells us that the Satan was trying to convince Avram not to do the Akedah. And Avram said, even though the Satan was making very convin- convincing arguments, he said, you have a lot of good points, but you're the Satan. And we have a general rule that whatever the Satan says, we do the opposite. So we tell Hashem now, the Satan is the one telling you to judge us harshly. Even though there might be you, there might be some good arguments, he might be right. We've done things wrong. We didn't do everything we're supposed to do. But you should do the opposite because we have a rule. We do the opposite of what the Satan wants us to do. So, so if the Satan is telling you to hurt the Jewish people, you should do the opposite. And you should give them a good year. You should you should contrast whatever the Satan's asking you to do. And one last point, Rav Tzadik HaKoyen of Lublin used to say that we know that Hashem always, we say Hashem Tzilcha, that Hashem is our shadow, meaning that however we act, Hashem acts. Also, we, always, we know there's a famous klal, there's a famous rule that Hashem always treats us midah keneged midah, that whatever a person does, Hashem treats us in the same measure, measure for measure. And we know that one of the purposes of the shofar is that the shofar should rem- remind us, to make us remember that Hashem is in our life, that Hashem takes care of us. So if Tzaddik says that that works midah keneged midah, and it works that Hashem is our shadow, that we blow the shofar, when we hear the shofar, it wakes us up and we remember Hashem, and it makes Hashem remember us how much He loves us. So with that, we should all be zayi- we should be zeichah that Hashem should say the opposite of everything the Satan is telling him. We should wake up and we should be able to shed a tear, again, not a tear of sadness, but a tear of joy in, in being able to serve Hashem. And we should be able to turn everything that was not good for Jews in the past year, should all turn in from bees into honey. It should turn into the honey and the new year should be completely kule sweet for every Jew everywhere in Klai Yisrael. Have a good